Welcome to another edition of Hashtag Football Friday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This is Second City Sports. We're live and in living color, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Kena McGee on the Twitter and at Kena McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago because you want to know why. Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you could catch any of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports, which you're watching us on the Sports Zone Chicago app right now. If you don't have that Sports Zone Chicago app, download it today because if you miss any of our live shows, you can catch them on the replay. You can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You can also follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this program, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow us, follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you have any uh, uh, questions and or opinions about any of our topics during today's show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid or just mm. want to come in here and start trouble, we do not allow that. And Lakina will politely give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. I love saying that. <laughs> Lakina, let's kick off this hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports by discussing some NBA basketball. In particular, the 28 and 15 Chicago Bulls. They'll host the Milwaukee Bucks tonight on ESPN in Milwaukee at 7 o'clock Chicago time. But before we preview tonight's game, we had to go over their last victory on Wednesday at the UC against the upstart Cleveland Cavaliers, which they were victorious 117 to 104. DeMar DeRozan had a game high 30 points. Nikolai Vujicic, uh, the most Bulls fans whipping boy, he added 24 points and 12 rebounds. Kobe White starting in the, in the, in the place of the injured Lonzo Ball, who will be out six to eight weeks uh, with a knee injury. He chipped in with 16 points to clean uh, 5 and 11 shooting. Ayo Dusumu, Chicago's very young from Morgan Park in the University of Illinois. He added 18 points and three rebounds, along with eight assists and hit. And hit as he continues to start as well in 39 minutes of action. Lakina, it was important for the Bulls to get back on track. I know some people want to still overlook the Cleveland Cavaliers as being an eh team, but I think as we talked about over the last few weeks, uh, this Cleveland team is here to say they're going to be competitive from now to the end of the regular season, competing for the playoffs. But getting back to the Bulls, since we know that Lonzo Ball is going to be out to uh, to uh, a little bit after the All Star break, which is in about less than a month from now, so with with his injury down, with, with well, Lonzo Ball's uh, injury out the way, he's going to be gone for the next six to eight weeks. Alex Caruso came back; he made a huge impact in twenty three minutes of action. I like the way that Kobe White's been playing. Uh, with Io Dusumu, those two looks like they're going to be a tandem until Lonzo Ball gets back. But it was imperative for Vucevic to become that second guy. He got it started on Wednesday night in that victory against Cleveland. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where you're you're kind of like, okay, Lonzo's going to be gone for a little bit. Zach's going to be gone until next week. So you wonder who's going to step up. And, you know, we got that nice little tandem of Kobe White and Io DeSumo scoring 34, you know, points combined, you know, you know, making the big plays late to keep, you know, the Bulls, you know, ahead of the Cavs as they were, you know, Cavs trying to catch up, but, you know, they put a run together and they were able to pull it up, pull away late. Also, too, getting Caruso back is huge because you can tell mm-hmm. how much of a difference maker he is, you know, being the, you know, the, you know sort of like the rim starter and sort of like the facilitator on the, uh, on the offensive side. Vooch, you know, look, I know Vooch loves to, I know Bulls Twitter loves to tease Vooch, but look, he showed you why that we, you know, you have him, you know, 24 and 12. So it's sort of one of those things, of course, DeRozan did what he usually does. And we got, you know, some nice, you know, nice bench coverage from, you know, guys like Matt Thomas, who I know Bulls fans are a little bit hesitant towards him, but I guess there's a reason why they they, they kept him. You know, also Malcolm, you know, Malcolm Hill, you know, didn't really mm-hmm. do too much, but he kind of, you know, did the old hits thing and kind of kept everything going and then look you know they're gonna have to they're gonna be going to be doing this for a while with you know Lonzo being out for about you know till the very least March like early March so mm-hmm. you know this is what you want if you know if, if you're a Bulls fan look if Cleveland will we'll see if Cleveland is still up here you know they, they might run out of gas I don't know because they're they've got some injuries too you know they might come back to bite them in the butt too as we get closer and closer to the playoff push but look if Lonzo has to look get him back for the playoff push you know just yeah, just do what you're supposed to do. Just try to keep it going. And look, they got some pretty tough games. You know, they got a tough, tough one tonight against Milwaukee. No one, everybody is banged up right now in the NBA. No one, you know, is like at full strength. You know, Milwaukee is not at full strength. So I think you know, the Bulls should be able to keep it close. This is going to be the first. This is the first meeting between the, these two teams this year, believe it or not. So I'm really interested to see what you know, sort of like how they measure up, even though they're shorthanded too. You're listening to Second City. No, I'm unmuted. You're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition right here on on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, as we talk about the Chicago Bulls going back to Wednesday's win against Cleveland, talk to us about uh, the importance of Kobe White and Io DeSumo in that starting lineup now since Lonzo Ball's gone. I'm, I noticed a couple of things when I watched those two on the court at the same time on Wednesday. Uh, Kobe White is becoming a better facilitator. And his scoring averages up because he's starting now. He averaged. I saw a stat that said that he averaged 11 points uh, coming off the bench this year. But when he was in the starting lineup, he averages close to 15 points a game. I noticed that Io Dusuma, as I said on this show from the start of the season, uh, because Kobe White started the year on the injury list, any playing time that he got for the first two months is going to pay off for him um, come now. And it looks like now with the injury to Lonzo Ball, Io Dusuma was playing defense. He cuts to the basket. Don't forget, he's a great facilitator as well. And all the extra playing time that he's getting right now is going to pay off for the Bulls in more ways than one as we get towards the end of the season and head to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's going to be what you want, especially with, you know, the fact that you're still shorthanded. I mean, you know, Kobe, you know, Kobe White has, you know, come back from injury himself. You know, Iowa stepped up now. You know, with Zach a little banged up, Lonzo's going to be gone for a little bit. You know, you need those two, you know, I'm about to go White and you know, Io to, to step up and kind of be sort of, you know, keep everything going and, you know, sort of, you know, don't, don't, don't mess up. And I think that's going to be the key here. And I think both of them are showing, showing you that they are actually a really good guard tandem. I mean, Kobe's more the point guard, you know, AO's more the shooting guard. So I think both mm-hmm. kind of mesh well together as a tandem. So I think that's why you look, you're going to be seeing this for the next couple of games until Zach comes back. You're probably going to see both of them kind of 
rotate, you know, until, you know, Lonzo's able to come back. So if both, if they can keep up what they did against Cleveland, you know, and do it because they got some tough games coming up, as I said, they can kind of be right there and sort of keep the Bulls right up there at the top. Maybe not the one seed East, but definitely the, in the two to three range. On the flip side for Cleveland, former Chicago Bull, Laurie Marketing, had a team-high 28 points. Darius Garland, who should be an all-star for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he had 20 points along with 12 assists. Evan Mobley, who should be a top rookie candidate for Rookie of the Year, he added 18 points. And Jared Allen, their big man in 36 minutes of action, he had 6 points and 10 rebounds. As we said before, Lakina, this, this Cleveland team is a nice young squad, and and you had to give that front office credit for building up a nice and young, talented team. Too bad Colin Sexton isn't there because he's gone with uh, with an injury for the uh, the entire season. But as I said before, watching that game the other night, and, and I said this on this show too many of times as we uh, talked about the NBA abroad, this Cleveland team, uh, uh, they're right there to, uh, a couple of games behind the Bulls in Milwaukee. Uh, for the top spot in the East. Who would have thought that? I'm, I'm not sit here and say they're going to take the top spot uh, between now and the end of the regular season, but they're not going to go anywhere. And you cannot look at the schedule and say that Cleveland is an easy team to beat now. It's just not going to happen. Well, you know, two Rubio's out too with the ACL tear. So you got to think that yeah, too. Yeah. both those teams, you know, both those you know, players are gone, you know, for the year. And we'll see. Maybe Sexton might be back for the end of the season, but I don't know if they're going to be able to. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep it up. I think, look, Evan Mobley's definitely going to be definitely right there among the leaders for Rookie of the Year. But I, I feel like, you know, not having Rubio, not having Sexton, who works sort of a big part as to why Cleveland is where they are right now, you wonder that, you know, not having them there, will it, will that come back to bite them? But, look, J.B. Bickerstaff, I mean, has done a great job. Like you said, that front, that front office has done a great job of, you know, you know, setting up this roster, you know, look, you know, Kevin Love, who's a, you know, a name that, you know, no, we thought we would never hear from again, you know, among, you know, among the, uh, among the uh, active NBA players, but, you know, he's still, he's contributing to off the bench. So we'll, we'll see where they go. Like, you know, still got a lot, you know, we're only about halfway through the season. So we'll, you know, we're more than halfway through the season now, I should say. So, you know, depending on, you know, how your team schedule is and such, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, I think Laurie, I think definitely has found a home. You know, he's definitely contributing more, it seems, now that he's with the Cavs. But, you know, again, it's going to be one of those days where you'll we'll see where this team is by, you know, by, you know, by the All-Star break. Now, tonight's game between the Bulls and the Bucks can be seen nationally on ESPN at 7 o'clock. It can be seen locally on NBC Sports Chicago. So we'll get Adam Amini and Stacey King starting at 7 o'clock Chicago time. But check out our guy, Jason Golf on NBC Sports Chicago here locally here in Chicago at 6.30 with a pregame show. Lakina, what I'm looking forward to tonight's game uh, against Milwaukee, you know I was looking forward to this game for uh, uh, since the schedule came out. Of course, it's going to stink without Zach Levine being there tonight. And, of course, Alonzo Ball's not going to be there either. But I'm still looking forward to this game because I want to see how the Bulls defend Giannis Antetokounmpo. How will they fit? Will they defend Chris Middleton, who proved to be that that second guy uh, with Giannis last year during their title run? I want to see how they defend Giannis tonight. Will they double team him every time? How much will they double team him? And on the offensive end, can Demar Derozan adjust to teams uh, defending him now, especially since Zach won't be back to sometime next week? Uh, how will uh, Derozan carry this Bulls team? And will Vucevic keep up the effort like he did the other night against Cleveland? Yeah, I think that's also going to be the thing, too, with, with them. And, and look, people also need to remember, too, the Bulls are not at full strength. I think people need to remember, like you said, Zach's out, Lonzo's out. So, you know, I don't think this is going to be a fair kind of measure, you know, against you know them against the Bucks, who they're still they're still having issues, too. They're not at full strength either. I mean, they have – they're just now starting to get their guys back. So, 
you know, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, Giannis, I mean, I'm sure DeRosa will probably have the, the assignment of having to guard Giannis. You know, they, he's done it before, so I'm sure that that's going to be very interesting to see how, you know, that messes, that, that messes up, mesh up here. You know, Middleton, hopefully we'll get good Vooch, you know, tonight. And, you know, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be the, the role players. I mean, how's Io mm-hmm. going to, you know, play against, I'm sure, you know, Drew Holiday, I'm sure once he comes off the bench, I'm sure, you know, he's going to be, you know, be asked to guard him. So, you know, Connington is also, you know, he contributes a lot too off the bench too for the Bucks. So, yeah, it's going to be a very good game tonight. Look, as long as you don't get your butts kicked, if you're, you know, if you're the Bulls on national television, which has fortunately been the case the last couple of games you've been on national television, as long as you don't get your butts kicked. Well, yeah, as long as, but it's true, I mean, as long as you don't get your butts kicked, as long as, you know, nobody, you know, you don't get blown out of the water by Milwaukee, which I don't think they will. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. a, you know, you've got a season of the OT now that that's used to putting up a fight, you know, shorthanded or not. So, you know, I, I expect this to be a really close game. I mean, if, if will the Bulls win? Yeah, that might be a hard to do, you know, considering that they know Zach and no Lonzo, but it, it'll, I think it'll be close. They, they will get their butts kicked. I'll say that. I agree with you, Lakina. We know that this is a, the players know that this is a, an important game uh, against a divisional rival, and it's mm-hmm. also it's your, your conference rival as well as you're trying to balance out uh, for the for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. We'll get to more of the East and, and the rest of the NBA as a whole after this short timeout. But as far as tonight's game is concerned, I think the Bulls will be very competitive. They know the situation. Uh, it's been the ma- next man up mentality for this Bulls team all season long. This is the first real adversity outside the covert surge uh, a couple of weeks ago during the Christmas holiday that this team has gone through all year. But I think they'll be competitive tonight. And I think Milwaukee will be looking over the, their shoulder for the rest of the season and, and say, well, this Bulls team is for real and we got to fight on our hands uh, to to compete against this team. Once again, tonight's game can be seen locally on NBC Sports Chicago at 7 p.m. While you folks nationally can watch that game at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. It's the bottom of the hour. We had to take our two and two break. When we return, we'll discuss the rest of the NBA. Is is the Los Angeles Lakers heading for a free fall? And we'll give you the biggest games from uh, from this upcoming weekend in the National Basketball Association. And we'll get into some college basketball. There's an important game tonight locally. And we'll give you the rest of the schedule for the top 25 for this coming weekend. And Lakina will give you the latest uh, search uh, for the GM and the head coach for the Chicago Bears. Yes, we all complex. <laughs> and so we'll try to sort, sort through that mess. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, you can follow uh, Lakina at Kina McGee on the Twitter. Lakina, and also, too, if you have a question or comment for us during any of our topics of today's show, since we have less than 90 minutes remaining, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, type in your question or comments in the comments section, and uh, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. As we continue to talk basketball, let's go abroad. Lakina, let's talk about the rest of the NBA. The, the LeBron James and his Los Angeles Lakers are now 22 and 23 on the season. They'll start their East Coast uh, Grammy road trip tonight as they'll take on the Orlando Magic at 6 o'clock Chicago time. But beforehand, Lakina, they lost their last game to the Indiana Pacers in ugly fashion by the score of... 111 to 104. Russell Westbrook, their star point guard, which who LeBron James brought in over the summer. They chose him over Buddy Hill and our guy, DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls. Westbrook was benched uh, during the remaining three minutes and 52 seconds of that game. Indiana went on a run. Karis LeVert carried the team. DeMontis Sabonis, their multi-year all-star uh, carried the low for the Pacers as well. Lakina, I did get a chance to watch some of that uh, Lakers postgame show on Special Sportsnet via my computer screen. And I don't know if you saw the picture that went around on the internet. I was watching it live. James Worthy, uh, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame and the Laker, great big game James. He had his head on the desk uh, standing next to Robert Ory before they started their postgame show. He said he was running out of words. He was disgusted of uh, of what was what's going on with the Lakers right now. Lakina, the word the word has been around the, the Lakers and around the league that Frank Vogel, their current head coach, uh, uh, he could be let go any day now. He's basically coaches for his job. Uh, we talked about this before. Lakina, it's not really much that the Lakers could do in terms of uh, – uh, um, reshaping this roster. This is what you get now. What else can the Lakers do at this point? I don't think there's anything they can do. And I, you know, just when you thought that, you know, they got the big win against you know, Utah on Monday, but then they lose against the, the Pacers and everything that transpired before that. So, you know, look, this is how LeBron constructed. I mean, you know, it, it's worked, you know, for some of the teams, yeah, it worked in Miami. They won a couple of championships, but it's not working. You know, now that everyone's a little bit older, it's not working this time. So, you know, Westbrook, you know, can you trade Westbrook? I don't think you can. I mean, who, who are you going to trade him for? And, you know, you know, you could have had Buddy Heel. Hey, you could have had DeRozan, you know, a hometown kid. But, you know, you, you, decide, you know, decided to go with Westbrook instead. And now look what, look what happened. So, you know, I know that Frank you know, Vogel is on the hot seat. He has been on the hot seat since they had this, this you know, not so consistent start. And, you know, their Grammy role trip, of course, you know, the Grammys are not going to have an postponed until March, you know, in Vegas, but of course this is supposed to be the road trip anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do in this road trip. I mean, if they don't do well in this road trip, you just forget about it. I'm sure the, 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 you know, they play Orlando tonight and I'm sure the, you know, the, 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 the crowd's going to be louder for Robo to get the job because someone's got to take the heat. You can't get rid of the players because, you know, you have to, the contracts are not very good. You got to, you know, the coach is probably going to be the fall guy. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens at, with as the Los Angeles Lakers, as we mentioned, start their road trip tonight in Orlando. Of course, they have the Miami Heat on Sunday. 
And we'll get into the heat in just a moment, Lakina. But let's start out with last night's action. We'll go backwards, as we always do, as we reviewed the week there was in the National Basketball Association. Both the games that were televised on TNT last night, it was the Phoenix Suns over the Dallas Mavericks, 109-101. to The Phoenix Suns pulled away late. The Dallas Mavericks, who have been playing well over these last couple of weeks, Lakina, we uh, uh, sounded the alarm as far as Jason Kidd's squad because they struggled to – uh, to start off good coming out the gate of the season, but they got in together as of late, but they ran into a roadblock with the Phoenix Suns uh, at home last night. And of course, the Indiana Pacers, as we just, just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, uh, uh, Sabonis sat down last night, no Miles Turner, no Malcolm Brockton. Uh, they got a 121-117 overtime win at Golden State last night. Yeah, and it's sort of, it's amazing what the job that Rick Carlisle has done. They, they beat both LA teams and I don't think any. I mean, both well, both the Lakers and the uh, and the Warriors now, and <laughs> you, you feel like you know you wonder where you know maybe I guess you know the trade you know rumors have been flowing around. I mean, you know, I know Turner Turner's out, probably will be out till after the trade deadline, so that's a kind of an interesting you know little development there. But it's sort of hmm. yeah, I, I wonder. You know, he's been a subject of trade rumors. I know some bonuses as well, but you know Turner is sort of like the guy that people want. So. Hmm, it makes you go, hmm. But, you know, back to this game, I mean, you know, Duarte had 27, which is a season high for him. You know, LaVert stepped up with some you know, big points too. And look, they they, they they were sure they weren't intimidated by the Warriors. I mean, you thought maybe the Warriors, you know, were going to be the Warriors and everyone. I know Draymond's still out with, you know, I know Draymond's still out. I know, uh, you know, Clay is still in a minutes restriction. So, you know, he mm-hmm. only had 12. But you know, I think if you're the pace, you could take this order, this this win. You know, all five of your stars were in double figures, so led you know led by Duarte. So I, I think, look, I don't know if I think I, I we know that Indiana is gonna probably gonna trade a lot of these guys at some point. You know, Turner being one of them. You know, of course, you know his injury, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what happens here because I, I you know this is gonna be one of those games where if you're the if you're a Warriors fan, don't freak out. You know, just. You know, put the quick cast aside. It happens. You're you're thirty two and thirteen, so you're, you're you're fine. Yeah, and they are five and seven since Christmas, as the TNT crew uh, noted last night. Of course, for the Indiana Pacers, this was their first back to back road wins uh, of the season. Lakina, let's go uh, to um, back to Wednesday's action. The Nets beat the Wizards one nineteen to one eighteen as they start their. Uh, journey without Kevin Durant. He's going to be out for the next four to six weeks with the knee injury. Did you see that crazy play that one of the Brooklyn assistant yeah. coaches touched the ball and Kyle Kuzma got upset yeah. and rightfully so. And uh, uh, that was a pivotal play that turned uh, that turned the game around for both teams. The Warriors uh, went downhill. The Brooklyn next took advantage, and of course, Kyle Kuzma uh, displayed his uh, anger uh, in the during the presser again. Uh, Lakina, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I'll get to my broader point about the East is just just a moment, but do you think that Brooklyn can tread water just like the Bulls need to tread water until they start to return? I, I think they're, they're, they're going to have to. I think I know they got a tough schedule. They play San Antonio tonight. I mean, I, I'm wondering though, can they do it though? I, I think they can. I mean, look, Katie's going to be out what about four to six weeks, so it's going to get very interesting to see. You know, Hard's going to have to step up. Kyrie's not going to have to, you know, say anything or do anything stupid. I mean, they kind of have to, <laughs> um, you know, tread lightly here. You know, Patty Mills, you know, is going to have to step up. So, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, he's still around. I know, I know, he stepped up in that game against Washington, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days ago. So, yeah, it's going to get very interesting though, and I, and I feel like this is sort of one of those things where this is sort of a test to. 
look, this is like they have not been played at full strength yet. So again, another setback. KD is out now. So it, it's gonna get you know very interesting. Yeah, I want to go back to that uh that Philly Orlando game because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff a lot of stuff happened on um on Wednesday. You know, Embiid had 50 points and 12 rebounds in less than 30 minutes. That's a few points played. In, <laughs> that's a few minutes played in a 50 point 10 plus rebound game since the shot clock era back in the 50s. So a lot, you know, that, that was, that's huge. And also too, I know Philly, Philly was Philly bounced back from that loss to Washington on MLK day on Monday. So this was a nice bounce back win for them. Um, let's see. Uh, my, uh, Miami, Miami had a nice win against Portland you know, by eight points. And look, I know they've been kind of, you know, everybody's been, you know, they're not having a full strength either. Speaking of, I know Jimmy's mm-hmm. coming back from, you know, fresh off an injury. So, and Miami is still 29 and 16. They still have the uh, one of the top records in the East. They're right up there with the Bulls. Um, Caleb Martin had 26 points off the bench. So, you know, they've getting you know contributions from guys that, you know, off the bench because everyone's been banged up. Whether I you know the I know our girl Lana Tekire is actually having, you know, having a uh, having a time with this. So, you know, I think it was Miami. Look, they they've been look. We know we we you know we commend the Bulls for keeping things going. We keep coming the Nets and also too. But I think the Heat needs to also in particular Eric Spolstra should get some get some love for keeping the keeping their squad going despite all the injuries they've had and also the COVID issues too. Yeah, he should get some consideration for Coach of the Year too. I'm not saying he didn't do a good job when he had LeBron, Wade, and Bosh down there, but over these last few years, he's he has done his greatest coaching job, I believe, of his career. As as we mentioned before on this show, that outside of Jimmy Butler, they have no real superstars that are are mainstream household names. They have the they have the the right guys playing the right roles, and they come together as a team. And then they almost mirror the Chicago Bulls you, uh, as far as mm-hmm. this season. If you want to. Uh, keep it a buck, as you young folks would say. As far as guys in line the lineup, whoever's out the lineup, the next man up, they step in, they, they know their role, they know what to do, and they execute executed to perfection. As I said before, and I'll say it again, this Miami Heat team, they may not go to the finals like they did a couple years ago during the pandemic, but uh, they're, they're going to be a tough out for someone come playoff time. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, you know, Phoenix you know, had you know, the big win against San Antonio. Dallas, you know, Luca, um, you know, edge out uh, OKC by two. So a lot of you know, a lot of things happen. Also, the Clippers, you know, a barred burner against the Pacers, one thirty nine, one thirty three. I mean, that that game was just crazy. I got I got a chance to get the highlight, take the highlights of that, and that was just a crazy game to watch too on Wednesday. <laughs> so a lot of crazy things happening on um on uh over this weekend, over oh, this weekend on that on MLK Day. Also, too, that that Wednesday game also. Um, to the Timberwolves are just kind of you know right there at 500. They beat the Knicks by uh by a deuce. It was actually the three point play by Carl Anthony Towns that propelled them, the T Wolves, you know, against the Knicks. So, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Minnesota's chances of perhaps maybe going to make kind of like good into that play in game? They're right there. As we talked about early in the season, the they got out to an, a nice start. And as I told to me about the Timberwolves after a month in, they're still hanging around. Of course, uh, like everybody else, they went through their COVID issues they went with their injuries with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, they, they're still right there. And so so I, can they hang around? Sure, they can hang around. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this team is going to be the surprise like 
the Cleveland Cavaliers are this year. But I think they can still hang around. No one's talking about it, but they keep collecting and win somehow. They'll be right there at the end of the season. I like them, uh, unfortunately, better than those Sacramento Kings. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even though Sacramento Kings had the better talented roster, uh, Minnesota finds a way to play together and, and be co- more consistent than, than the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's sort of – it's probably going to be between those two teams. Unfortunately, you know – with everything going on with Sacramento, I don't know. Maybe they probably won't be up there for the playoff push, but again, mm-hmm. we'll see. So a very, like I said before, a very, uh, I don't want to say adventurous uh, week in the NBA, but definitely, you know, one for the record books. Also to uh, CP3, recorded 13th triple-double um, on, you know, against the Mavs, you know, a couple of nights. So saying in that, that game, you know, he passed him hard for the most by any player since individual turnovers for first track. That's the fewest turnovers. So zero turnovers though for Mr. CP3. So, Showing you that he still got it, you know, uh, like yesterday's game. So showing that he still has it and that, that you know, the Phoenix is definitely still up there in the Western Conference. Yeah, so we mentioned the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they got an important win at Dallas last night. Uh, they, they may not be the team that they were a year ago, but I think they're a better team. We talked about JaVale McGee. They added him in the offseason. He patrols uh, the mental. He's been a, a, a veteran of um, playing for many winning teams throughout his career. Uh, he was with the Warriors a few years ago as the Warriors were going through their championship run the last couple of years in 2018 and 2019. So he has a, a couple of championship rings from them. I wish he was on the Bulls right now, given their interior defensive issues. But with that being said, uh, Phoenix is going to be right there. DeAndre is starting to find his game. Devin Booker is one of the best um, young scorers that we have in the game today. So Phoenix will be a tough out as well. They may not be the team as, as they were a year ago, but uh, they're going to cause some problems in that Western Conference come playoff time. Real quick before we go to the, uh, the this weekend's case, you know, speaking of you know guys that the Bulls should get, Apparently, news came out yesterday that Paul Millsap, you know, they're, you know, he's with the Nets now, but he's not contributing. He doesn't really fit. Some people said that maybe the Bulls, because remember, it was between them and the Nets for Millsap. Millsap ended up going to mm-hmm. the Nets, and that's it's not going well for him. So maybe perhaps could he be going to the Bulls? He wouldn't be bad, but at his age, Lakina. And even though he'll bring veteran experience to the Bulls team, how much can he give you? He's not a starter anymore. Can he give you 10, 15 minutes? If he can, so be it. But I just wondering how much can he give you? Yeah, that's good. Like you said, that's going to be the number one question. How much can, you know, Mr. Millsack contribute? Listen, I can see sports on Sportsville Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakita McGee. Let's go to this weekend's games real quick, Sid. Right, a lot of you know, great Friday games. Of course, you got OKC and Charlotte. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about the Lakers and the Magic, Clippers and Philly. That should be a fun one at six o'clock. Miami and Atlanta. That should be a fun one as mm-hmm. well. And Portland continues their what their East Coast trip, I should say, as they face Atlanta. Well, they they'll face the Boston Celtics, of course. Well, uh, Celtics. The Celtics, yeah, yeah. Well, the Celtics are at five hundred. Miami, right. Miami's facing Atlanta. So. Yeah. Uh, the Trailblazers, as you mentioned, they'll continue the East Coast trip at Boston. That's tonight at 6.30. Of course, the Raptors, who are at 500, watch out for Scotty Barnes. He could be in, in play for Rookie of the Year as, as well. And they'll take on the Wizards tonight at 7 o'clock in our nation's cap. Of course, we mentioned Bulls and Bucks on ESPN at 7 o'clock, locally on NBC Sports Chicago. At the same time, you have Memphis at Denver tonight at 8 o'clock. That should be fun. I know ESPN will probably be kicking themselves. It was for the X Games. That game will probably have been the second game of a Friday doubleheader, but that's mm-hmm. not the case. You mentioned Spurs and the Nets. Uh, Detroit, 
they'll play Utah tonight at eight o'clock as they continue on their East, their West Coast trip. Rather, the Rockets and the Warriors will round out the Friday night schedule. That's at nine p.m. tonight. All right, some good ones here. Also, a couple of good ones on Saturday. You got Sacramento and Milwaukee. Milwaukee coming off a back-to-back, of course, with a game against the Bulls tonight. Also, OKC and Cleveland. That's going to be the NBA TV game. That should be a fun one at seven o'clock. And the, the remember, no Saturday night game for on ABC this week, but you know, there's a, a should be a good one here. Indiana continues their West Coast trip as they face Phoenix. Yeah, can they pull off a third upset win on the road? We'll see. As you mentioned, they'll take on the, uh, one of the hottest teams in the league in the Phoenix Suns. And let's wrap up the weekend slate by going to Sunday's action. The Clippers will continue their East Coast road trip. They'll take on the Knicks at MSG at high noon right before <laughs> the football games. At 2.30, we'll have Boston at Washington to take on the Wizards. At 5 p.m., this will be the NBA TV game. The Lakers will travel to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. At 5 o'clock at the same time, we'll have the Bulls against the Orlando Magic from Orlando, from the Magic Kingdom, at, uh, still at 5 p.m. on Sunday, Portland at Toronto. At 6 o'clock, we'll have Atlanta at Charlotte. Uh, uh, Atlanta at Charlotte, yeah. And of course, the Hornets to still continue to surprise some people as well. They upset Boston on ESPN mm-hmm. on the road on Wednesday. Uh, the Sixers and the Spurs at 6 p.m. The Grizzlies in, in the Mavericks at 6.30 p.m. That's a good Sunday that night. That should be tilt. fun. Can't wait uh, for that. Uh, that should be a of fun course, one. You, Mm-hmm. And then you have Brooklyn and Minnesota take on the Timberwolves at 7 o'clock. And rounding out the Sunday night schedule, the Pistons are at Denver to take on the Nuggets at, Nuggets at 7. And then rounding out the Sunday night NBA TV doubleheader at 7.30, we all have the Utah Jazz against the Golden State Warriors. That should be a lot of fun. Hopefully Donovan Mitchell, too, will be able to play that game. I know he's in concussion, mm-hmm. concussion protocols. Uh, I know uh, he hit his head pretty hard uh, earlier this week, so hopefully he'll get... He'll get cleared to play that game. I know he missed the game against Houston. They really didn't need him. You know, they were able to, they, you know, Houston, Houston actually, unfortunately, you know, pull off the upset. You know, they beat him by five. So, you know, hopefully, you know, Mitchell can come back for that game on Sunday because they really need him. You're listening to Sega City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition. Don't forget, we'll have our good friend from fansided.com, NFL reporter and insider Matt Vetteram will join us to give us his take on the Chicago Bears front office situation, and he'll give us his picks for the divisional round, divisional round which starts tomorrow, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. But that, that's coming up at the top of next hour. Lakina, let's get into some college basketball since we have a few minutes remaining in this segment. Uh, an important game tonight for our final line. They are ranked number 17 in the country. They'll travel to Maryland to take on the Terpins. That's tonight at 6 p.m. on FS1. They'll be without Kobe Coburn because Mm -hmm. Kobe uh, suffered a concussion in Monday night's double overtime loss at home to the Purdue Boilermakers. So uh, Illinois will be a man down tonight. And so this is going to be an important game for Illinois, but they're checking in at 13 and four on the season. Maryland's at nine and nine. I know Illini is favored by four and a half still. I, I think the Illini still have enough talent on paper to get it done. Yeah, I think they can. I know that uh, Maryland's been having some issues. Mark Turgeon, their longtime coach, uh, resigned earlier this season, right before conference play. Danny Manning has been keep trying to hold down the four. You know, they're they're they've been struggling. You know, a bit. You know, they're that's right a name from our childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I uh, know oh, he's been coaching. Of course, he did TV for ESPN last year. Came the assistant mm-hmm. coach, and now he's an interim coach. So he's doing what he can to keep everything afloat there. But 
know, they've had some various issues, guys leaving, you know, and things like that. So we'll we'll see what happens. But you know, you know, not having Cockburn there, you got to think that that might be. I'm not saying Illinois should be on upset alert, but you know, without you know, without Coburn, I mean, that might be a bit. You know, that might be a tough to do. But again, we'll see. Maryland's a pretty scrappy team, so we'll see what happens. Probably the game of the game of the night in in that sense will be after that game, the second half of that doubleheader, Michigan State and Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin, you know, people thought Michigan State would be up there. I don't think anybody thought Wisconsin would be up there, so they're right there in the top three in the Big Ten, and this should be a fun one over up there in Madison. So, you know, always always when these two teams play each other, there's always, you know, you know definitely a, a battle there. And, you know, you know, Johnny Davis, you know, from Wisconsin, you know, he's making a case definitely not only for, you know, for conference player of the year, but mm-hmm. perhaps maybe – national player of the year so if you guys have not seen him yet check it out he's been like a kind of like a one i don't want to say he's a one man you know crew for the badgers but he's definitely been the, the reason why the Badgers are where they are right now so yeah that should be a fun one tonight up there in madison the Cole center yeah we know that uh, the michigan spartans head coach tom Izzo always has his guys ready to play so i want to see how uh, Tom Izzo defends uh, Mr. Davis tonight, so that should be fun. i definitely looking forward to that one. That's following Illinois in Maryland on FS1 starting tonight. Lakina, let's review a couple of games quickly um, that happened earlier this week. Uh, you know, I was, uh, congratulations to Loyola, uh, uh, the Ramblers of Chicago. They defeated mm-hmm. Evansville 77-48. to 48. Mr. Valentine has his team ranked number 22 in the country. But the couple of games I wanted to review with you, Lakina, to get your thoughts. Uh, number six, Duke, uh, they went down to Tallahassee and got beaten over time by the Florida State Seminoles, 79 to 78. Wisconsin defeated Northwestern uh, here in Chicago, Chicago's Big Ten team, 82 to 76 on Tuesday. But mm-hmm. I want to get your th- thoughts, thoughts first on this game. I did watch some of the highlights of this one. Porter Moser, the former Loyola coach, uh, he's coaching Oklahoma. They lost a tough one to Kansas by three, yeah. 67-64. Yeah, they were there. They actually had a chance to win that game too. I saw a mm-hmm. little bit of that, and you know, yeah, they just you know Kansas, you know, showed you why they're they're right there in the in contention for the Final Four. You know, they got some great players there. We'll get to that in a second, but we'll going to that that Duke Florida State game. I mean, you know, Leonard Hamilton. We talked about him earlier this week, of course. The late great Joe B. Hall gave him a start when he was at Kentucky. So. But now look at him now. You know, he won his 55th win. He got his 55th win against the AP top 25 team when unranked. That's the most by any coach during the AP era passing, you know, Bob Knight, who did it 54 times. They have now won the Seminoles I'm talking about now, won 13 straight overtime games, exceeding the longest streak in D1. And look, they beat North Florida yesterday, too. That was a makeup game because, you know, they were having COVID issues earlier, uh, earlier in the season. So no letdown for them. You know, they might be ranked next week. Who knows? But, yeah, that should be a fun one. I mean, Northwestern, uh, Wisconsin, that was a weird game. You know, if you saw the last couple of minutes of that game, you know, Northwestern yeah. also had their chance to kind of pull off another upset, but it wasn't meant to be. So, you know, there were some timing issues and such. You know, we won't get into it because it's a little bit weird. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, it, it's just, you know, you know, it should be, it, yeah. I mean, it's been a really fun weekend, of course. Moorhead State, you know, beat Belmont. Those are the top two teams in the Ohio Valley Conference. I talked to you about that, guys, about that game earlier this, earlier this week. So, you know, lots of good, you know, lots of you know, great games. Um, USC bounced back against Colorado. They've won, they lost a couple in a row. UCLA also bounced back. They beat Utah at Utah, so mm-hmm. they're starting to kind of get back on track. Now going back, going to tomorrow's games. Uh, Syracuse. Oh, one more Duke- game to um, note from last night. 
Congratulations to uh, our uh, our colleague in front of the show, Shea Pebbler, VSP oh, yes. in Chicago's oh, very yeah. own, uh, the Indiana upset mm-hmm. Purdue. <laughs> yeah, something that Illinois couldn't do on Monday. Yeah, I mean uh, Mike Woodson, of course, you know, was an all all American there, and you know, of yeah. course, they needed they needed, a, they needed a signature win, and they got it. I mean, that was another crazy finish too. If you guys check that out, that was on uh, FS1 uh, last mm-hmm. night. Uh, the three-pointer, you know, which propelled actually, you know, Purdue actually could have sent it to overtime. They were actually very close to time. It just wasn't meant to be. So, yeah. but uh, Indiana got a, a great uh, win, and I know she, our, our girl Shay's in a good mood <laughs> today. So, yeah, if you saw uh, uh, Jordan Court, her, her husband, her cousin Jordan Cornett's Twitter account, you know, she's in a good mood. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel bad for their son because I'm sure he's gonna have to, have to pick and choose which school he's gonna. Go <laughs> You got a long way to go before they got to think about that. But yeah. going to Saturday's game, which mm-hmm. is tomorrow, yeah, Syracuse and Duke. Duke hoping to bounce back from that loss against Florida State. Syracuse, you had their struggles lately. Hopefully they can get a signature win. Villanova and Georgetown. I know Georgetown's been having some issues as well. You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, Villanova, I think they lost early this week, so they're hoping to bounce back too. West Virginia and Texas Tech, that's another 11 a.m. game. That's on ESPN2. Seton Hall and St. John's. Let's see it. Oh, Kentucky and Auburn. That's a 12 o'clock game on CBS. So that should be a fun one down there in Auburn. Auburn, that's their highest. I believe this is their highest ranking, I believe, or right up there in the highest ranking. So, mm-hmm. you know, they play Kentucky. That should be a fun one down there at Auburn Arena. At 2.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network tomorrow, we'll have number 22, the Loyola Ramblers of Chicago. They'll host Missouri State in an all-important Missouri Valley Conference game. Missouri State checks in at 14-6, Loyola at 14-2. Lakina, this will be important for Loyola if they don't want to gain total control of that Missouri Valley Conference because uh, in some years they may take two on top of the the tournament committee. Sometimes they only take the tournament winner. So this will be an all-important game for Loyola. And speaking of important games, in the ACC, Florida State, they're on a roll, but Miami is also on a roll. They're right there. I think they're like the top, you know, first or second place in the ACC. So, you know, that's a one o'clock game. Uh, that's on ESPN. So that should be a fun one. Uh, Kansas and Kansas State, that always fun when those two teams play each other. Also, TCU and uh, Iowa State, that's an ESPN 2 game at three o'clock. Let's see a couple other ones real quick before we go to break. Uh, DePaul against Creighton, you know, yeah, they lost a heartbreaker, uh, to yeah, Xavier tough, the other night by one. They yep. did, I saw that game, that was a tough one to lose, but we'll see if they can bounce back. LSU in Tennessee, that's an ESPN game. LSU, mm-hmm. uh, that should be a, a good one between those two. Uh, UCLA in Colorado, that's at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, it, let's go to Sunday's games quickly yeah. before we run up against it. Northwestern will yes. travel to uh, Purdue to take on the Borland Makers at noon. That's at high noon on Sunday, right before football on Big Ten Network. We'll see how Purdue responds after losing to Indiana the other night. Not we have number twenty Xavier. Number twenty Xavier against Marquette on FS1 at one that p.m. on fun. Sunday. That should yeah. be a lot of fun. Shaka Smart's got those teams, got, got Marquette playing well. They actually upset Villanova a couple of days ago. So, you know, Xavier should be on upset alert up there in Wisconsin. In number three, Arizona, the Wildcats will face California uh, on the Pac-12 Network Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, our number one is in the also books too, right well, here. Also real, also real quick, I was surprised to mention this one real quick, Michigan and Indiana. I know Michigan's been having some issues, too. We'll oh, see if right. Indiana... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if Indiana, you know, have a you know can bounce, you know, can not have a letdown game, you know, after that big upset win against Purdue. Well, that should be a good one. That should be on. That's on CBS. Yeah, 
Our number one of Second City Sports is in the books. Our number two straight ahead, friend of the show, Matt Verderan from Fansided.com. He's at NFL Insider. He'll hop on with us to preview NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend, and we'll get into the Bears coaching and GM search as well. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. That's me. You're listening to Second City Sports live in the living color right here on SportsZone Chicago. Welcome back to our number two at Second City Sports. We're on the hashtag Football Friday. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80 is S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kino McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us during uh, any of our topics on our last hour of the show, we have less than six, 60 minutes remaining. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. We'll get them up on this. Uh, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you as we uh, uh, wait for our guest, Mr. Matt Verderan, friend of the show from Fansire.com. He's the NFL insider. Uh, for those uh, for that great publication over there, that great website. Uh, Lakina, let, let's get into our uh, thoughts on uh, the in- divisional playoff weekend. We have two games tomorrow with Cincinnati at Tennessee, and followed by the 49ers at the Packers. And then, of course, on Sunday's schedule, we'll have the Los Angeles Rams at the defending uh, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, followed by the rematch of last year's AFC title game, Buffalo at Kansas City. Lakina, 
uh, get your thoughts on uh, Cincinnati uh, going down to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Lakina, uh, it looks like it's a pretty uh, much an evenly mat uh, matchup to me. Derek Henry is uh, their star running back who missed half the year with the injury. Uh, for the injury, he's coming back. But on the flip side for Cincinnati, they got by the Las Vegas Raiders last week by seven. But uh, they're the only team in the playoffs uh, with the highest uh, sack total, you know, sacks given up uh, by the off their offensive line. Uh, the key is here is mm -hmm. for me for Cincinnati to keep Joe Burrow upright and to yeah. set the tone early. Uh, yeah. What what are your thoughts about this matchup? Yeah, it should be an interesting matchup. I mean, of course you want to, of course you want to you know, give the edge to the Titans because there are you know they're the other team coming off a bye. But yeah, but look, I. Look, Jamar Chase, I mean, look, we know what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, we know what they can do together. And I, I feel kind of like, hmm, it, it's definitely one of those you know, matchups where what, the key is going to be who is going to, you know, can the O-line keep everybody up, keep Joe Burrow upright? I think that's going to be the, the key. And, you know, I think that I feel like that's going to be definitely going to be the key in this game. But I think our guest is with us. Sid, introduce him for us. Yes, he's a good friend of the show. He's the NFL insider and writer for fansided.com. Uh, as, as I was going through our, our catalog for this week, as far as bringing on guests to preview this weekend's games, I said, we haven't had on our good friend uh, since uh, early last year. So let's bring him on right now. He's Mr. Matt Verderam, uh, NFL insider, as I mentioned, for fansided.com. Good afternoon to you, Matt. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? Doing great. Uh, you can follow Matt on, on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Once again, at Matt Verderam on Twitter. And he's also the co-host of the Stacked in the Box podcast presented by fansided.com. Uh, Matt, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, this weekend's games. We have two tomorrow, two on Sunday. I want to get your thoughts about the uh, Cincinnati traveling to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans, as I mentioned at the top of the segment. It looks like an evenly matched uh, um, evenly uh, matchup on paper, but Derrick Henry's coming back for the Titans. He has to play for half a year, but on the other side, Cincinnati has that great young talent, especially on mm -hmm. offense. Very underrated defense, but Joe Burrow has been uh, sat a lot uh, lately. Uh, what uh, what say you about uh, who has the advantage in this matchup? I think Tennessee does, but I think it's a close game. Um, Tennessee's got a, a really good front four that nobody talks about. Nico Autry and Jeffrey mm -hmm. Simmons are really good inside. Harold Landry is excellent on the edge. Bud Dupree is getting healthier after tearing his ACL last November. He's played well down the stretch. I think that's a big mismatch up front. Uh, they can get pressure from a multitude of areas without having a blitz, and they're going to need to because if, if they can't get pressure, that's when the Bengals can win this game. They have great wideouts. The Titans do not have very good corners. Byard's an excellent safety, but I don't think uh, they can cover the Bengals the way they're going to need to. So it's going to be about getting pressure, but I do think they'll get some. Henry's back. We'll see how healthy he is. If he's healthy, that's obviously great for Tennessee. Um, I think the Titans have been disrespected quite a bit. I mean, they they beat Buffalo. They killed Kansas City. They beat the Rams. They beat the Niners. They beat the Colts twice. Like, I get they lost to the Jets and the Texans, but show me a team this year that hasn't lost to a bad team. I mean, I, the only team, maybe, honestly, is Kansas City. I mean, just about everybody else has lost to somebody who's got a bad record. So, um, I, I don't I – don't, Think Tennessee is getting the proper respect. I think they win a close game. Do you can the O line keep you know the Titans uh, keep the Titans here for getting to Joe Burrow? Because we know that you know the Bengals, you know they we've seen games where they keep them upright, but then we've seen games where it gets sacked four or five times. You know, what, what do you think is the key to you know, you know tomorrow? 
I mean, the hard thing is with the Bengals are a vertical passing attack, so they, they need Burrow to hold the ball a little bit. I think they got to get Mixon going early, run the ball, get you know keep keep that front honest. If they can do that, then you can run play action off of it, and all of a sudden you start to change things a little bit, suck the linebackers up, open up seams behind the second level. Um, but I think Mixon's going to be a big factor in this game for the Bengals. If he can't get going, they're in trouble. Tennessee is nasty up front. It's a good, it's a very good front seven. So if you're Cincinnati, you know, I think, I think you got to roll the pocket a little bit. You've got to run the ball. Maybe you have to have a little bit of more of a quick passing game, which I don't think is their strength, but it might be something they have to incorporate uh, because Tennessee's front, I would be surprised if they don't get home and get home often if the, if the Bengals just have these five and seven step drops. All right, the second game of the Saturday slate will take place in Green Bay tomorrow night. The Packers will host the San Francisco 49ers in the, in the NFC Divisional Playoff. Of course, the Packers, according to most people, are playing their best uh, football of the year. They're perhaps the best team left in this playoff field. Of course, San Francisco, they almost let it get away, but they dominated the Dallas Cowboys on the road last week, 23-17. Who? Uh, on the flip side for the Packers, looks like they're going to get some key guys back along with San Francisco on the defensive side with Bosa and Fred Warner. Uh, who has the advantage in this matchup? Will it be Green Bay dominating San Francisco again? Or can the 49ers pull off another stunner on the road once again? Um, look, I think the Niners have a real shot to win the football game. Uh, I am picking the Packers. They're at home. They're off a bye. Garoppolo's never started a game in, in weather under 32 degrees. This game's going to start at 8 degrees or thereabout. Uh, yeah. The Packers are better. That being said, the Packers can't stop anybody from running the football. Nobody. And if there's one thing the Niners can do, it is just pound the ball out of them. I mean, that <laughs> the, the Packers are going to have to prove in this game that they can stop them from running the football. We saw this matchup a couple of years ago, and Garoppolo threw the ball eight times. Now, I don't think that's going to happen again. The Niners are not the exact same team they were then, neither are the Packers. But the philosophy, I think, will be the same. Look, we're going to run the ball. We're going to try to stay ahead of the sticks. We're going to play action. We'll go to Samuel. We'll go to IU. Go to Kittle down the middle um, and, and flip it out to use check here and there. So the Niners are going to be in the game. My, my concern is, A, how healthy are these guys that have been banged up throughout the course of the week and Bosa and yeah. Warner and Garoppolo? And then, B, Garoppolo feels like every week he's always good for one or two balls that he just wails at a corner. Do the Packers catch those footballs? You know, I mean that sometimes in the playoffs it really it comes down to that. Like, did, did you catch the ball? Did you make the play? Did you did you make the one opportunity you had really count? I think Green Bay wins by about a touchdown, but I don't think it's a given conclusion either. Right. I think that's gonna be one of those definitely those toss-up games and another rematch from earlier this uh this season uh mad night and i feel like this is going to be another one of these uh pickums because these two teams are always especially you know, during the playoffs i i don't know but where where do you see this this matchup between the rams and the, and the bucks i know the rams kind of dominated the bucks earlier this year that was before von miller got there and you know cam Akers is you know wasn't there and also too tampa is now dealing with injuries so where do you see this game this is a game where I really think the Rams have a ton of the matchups in their favor. Um, Jalen Ramsey can guard Mike Evans. They don't. The Bucks don't really have anybody else on the outside who scares you with Godwin being out and Brown being released. Right. You know, Fournette. You don't know if he's healthy. If he's going to play. If he does, how healthy is he? You know, they're beat up up front. I mean, the Rams really are the more talented team at this point. They are. I mean, they're they're healthier. 
They've got Cup and Beckham on the outside. I don't know who the heck's going to handle um, that situation for the for the Bucks on the on the uh, on the perimeter. But I'm not picking Stafford over Brady in a playoff game ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I, I know. I know that's really like lazy, lousy analysis. There's no way I'm picking Stafford over Brady. None. I I think Bowles is just going to relentlessly blitz him and say, look, if you make one mistake, that's good. That's fine. That's enough. The Bucs really probably shouldn't win this football game, but I'm going to pick him because I'm picking the guy with seven rings on his finger to just figure it out and find a way. <laughs> Matt Vetteram from fansided.com. He's the NFL insider and writer for, for that great website. He's joining us here on Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See you again here with you, Matt. Staying with that Bucks Rams game for a moment. Of course, Ryan Jensen uh, and Worth, uh, their in, injured uh, offensive lineman for Tampa Bay. It looks right. like both of them are going to play, but uh, if those two are not right, uh, it could be a long day for Tom Brady. And you know, Aaron, you know, as well as I do. Aaron Donald's a man child for the uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. He could you see him and or former Chicago Bear Linda Floyd having a field day against that against Tom Brady and company. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. 100%. That's why I said I, I think the matchups for the Rams really favor him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know but agree. I <laughs> So it's like look yeah, I mean you got you got the jersey behind you sitting you like with Jordan. Okay? Mm-hmm. There'll be times with the Bulls, you're like, man, you know what? That other team, they match up. And then Jordan, but that's nice. Here's 50. Yeah. (laughs) That's always the thing. When you get those types of guys, man, I cannot pick against Brady. Cannot do it. (laughs) And we won't make you do it either, Matt, unless you (laughs) you don't want to. Okay, the last but certainly not least, I mean, this is from, uh, I believe this is a week week five matchup, I believe. Uh, The Bills and the Chiefs, of course, uh, the Bills, uh, dominate. I don't think dominate would be the word, but I think they definitely got the best of the Chiefs. And this is around the time when people were wondering, you know, is the Chiefs you know, starting to fall off a little bit? Where do you see this matchup? Because I feel like this is another one of those toss-ups. This could it's be really game. for the championship. It's a great game. Arrowhead Stadium's been open since 1972. No team's ever gone in there and beat the Chiefs twice in the same season. Buffalo's trying to be the first one to do it. Um, and they might. They're a great team. Uh, the, I, w- I would say the Bills destroyed Kansas City the first time they played them. But the Chiefs have like six new defensive starters. Um, they, they really they played well. They've won 10 of their last 11. They destroyed Pittsburgh, and they were supposed mm-hmm. to, and they did. I think this game comes down to Allen. Allen is the guy that – look, Mahomes, you know what you're getting. You, you know with Mahomes, you're getting your 300. You're getting two or three touchdown passes. You're getting a couple highlight reel throws. Allen, when he's at his best, is as good as anybody. He's also had a lot of games this year where he has not played well. Which Josh Allen shows up in this game? And I think the Chiefs, if they stick to who they are, they're going to blitz him all night. They're going to go after him. He has not been good against the blitz. He's one of the rare quarterbacks who's better when he's not facing it than when he is. I think the Chiefs will go after him. Allen has played better against zone than man coverage. The Chiefs play a lot of man. Now, the flip side of that is if you blitz him and you're in man coverage and he gets out the back door, he's going to run forever. Can the Chiefs blitz responsibly, if that makes sense. If they can do it, right. I think they win. I'm going to pick them to win. To me, it's kind of like the Pats of those years. You pick that team until they don't win. Like, I, I will take Kansas City to just find a way in their own building after being humiliated a couple months ago by this team. Sticking with that matchup, Matt, of course, uh, Kansas City played Pittsburgh last week, and I'll give the slight of excuse 
for Kansas City's uh, running game. It didn't show up uh, against uh, against Pittsburgh, especially early, but it turns out they didn't really didn't need the running game uh, right. uh, against the Steelers. Uh, are you uh, what? What concerns do you have about Kansas City's running game against Buffalo? Because we all know that the Buffalo's run uh, Buffalo's running defense is much better than Pittsburgh's. And Kansas City, uh, before last Sunday, they actually ran the ball pretty well, especially when they were struggling in the middle of the year. Yeah, and they look when the Chiefs commit to running the ball, they run it fine. They, mm-hmm. they just don't commit to it because they have Patrick Mahomes. But I think in this game, they have to commit to it to some degree. The Bills are going to play too high. They're going to back off. They don't want anything over the top. Now, last year, the Bills and the Chiefs played on a Monday night game in Buffalo. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the Chiefs ran for 249 yards in that game. They stayed on the ground, and they just pounded the ball out of them. And Buffalo couldn't stop it. I have a feeling you're going to see some of that this weekend, where the Chiefs have Jarek McKinnon, who had a great game last week. He totaled over 150 yards in rushing and receiving. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to take their shots at him on the ground. I think you know the Chiefs' interior offensive line is very good. It's one of the strengths to have two rookies there in, in uh, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith who are next to Joe Tooney. They've played really, really well. I think the Chiefs, if they get light boxes, they're going to try to run the ball. Now, that's not going to win them the game. Let's be real. 15 is going to try and win them the game. But right. um, they they have to commit to that to some extent. And I think they know it after running against them pretty well in week five. But they just got away from it because they got down. Um, right. I think they'll try to run the ball again this week. Okay, Matt, we would be remiss if we didn't tell you, we didn't ask you about some of the GM and the coaching uh, searches that are going on, especially here in Chicago. Of course, uh, Joe, Shen, Joe Shane, who is now with the with the Giants, looks like he might get one of the guys from Buffalo to come with him. What do you think about the about the Bears coaching and GM search? Because he's like everybody's bid. I think Sid you know, got a call. So I think he's going to be with the Bears <laughs> next week. So not yet. Well, what, <laughs> well yeah. Well, what what names are you hearing that are being floating around for the Bears GM and head coaching jobs? Right now, I mean, look, Ed Dodd was a guy they liked. He, he pulled out of the mix. They're they're looking into Morocco Brown in Indianapolis as well. You know, maybe he's the guy who comes over. Uh, I think Ryan Poles out of Kansas City, who's a guy who interviewed twice for a Giants job, would be a really good fit. But it's kind of wait and see. Uh, I don't know that any favorite has emerged yet, at least publicly, about who the Bears want as a GM. And then I think, look, you've got to get the GM first. After that, I would look at Brian Dable. I think he's a great fit for them. Leslie Frazier, I believe, given another opportunity with a quarterback, could do a really nice job. Obviously, Chicago ties having played there. So uh, there's, there's a litany of guys. Brian Flores, I think, would be great. Um, I think the Bears, they have, they have plenty of options. Matt Verderam of Fansided.com. We're heading down the home stretch with him. He's an NFL insider. He's joining us right here on Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports on Chicago. City Lakin here with you, Matt. Of course, last weekend we had uh, three game, three games, uh, two two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Of course, the one on the MLK Day last weekend, right. and of course, Dallas and San Francisco was the highest rated game in. Um, terms of TV ratings in the last seven years. Some people complained about there's too many playoff teams and they want to go back to the old format. Uh, can you tell these people it's only a matter of time that the NFL is going to expand the playoffs again? We all know they're going to do they're they're doing this because of money. It's not going to go back to the old system. No, of course not. It's, you know, it's like thank people, you. It's like when people complain about baseball. You're getting 162 games. It's like you're lucky you're <laughs> 200. Be thankful. And I got news for everybody. In a couple of years, you're going to have an 18-game schedule in the NFL. That's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. yeah. 
Oh, uh, you know, for you know, for me, uh, what? Okay, aside from the bears, because we know that maybe you know we don't. How do you feel about the the the, the bears uh, head coach and GM job? Which you know head coach, which head coach or GM job that you feel like is sort of like the one to watch for? Sorry, guys, I'm headed downstairs. So I got to plug in the computer. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> I think I think there's I think there's a lot of um, I think there's a lot of interesting jobs. Like the Giants have two first round picks. Obviously, one of them courtesy of the Bears. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a job that's interesting. And for no other reason, you have two first round picks. Um, so I, I think that job makes a lot of sense. Minnesota's talented, but Minnesota, I don't know that they have a quarterback you're overly excited about. Um, I think the bears job, and I'm not just saying, look, they don't have a first round pick. So that hurts. But I think the bears, if you like fields, it's a good job. Like you have this young quarterback who you can build around. I like, I like Trevor Lawrence, but I'd be terrified of that ownership. I'd be terrified of the GM. That, that job would scare me. Houston, if the Texans called me up, I don't know that I would take that job. Like, I mean, I also wouldn't win a game. So that might also be part of the problem. But there's no – like, why would you go there? Why would you go there? Um, Denver's interesting. Denver doesn't have an owner. They're in the middle of a sale. So that, that always scares you a little bit. You don't know who your boss is going to be. Um, but they have a really good roster. you got to find the quarterback. It's a question they can find one. The Raiders – you know, what's going to happen? Is Derek Carr going to come back? I think he would. I think the Raiders is a good job if, if you're okay with Mark Davis. I like the Bears job uh, as long as you're in on fields, which I think you should be. I think he's talented. Um, there are a few jobs out there that, that are that are good quality jobs. And the Giants with two first-round picks, it's just, you, you know, you got to find the quarterback. You got to be able to do it. And this is a draft, or I don't know that you're overly enthused about any of them. Yeah, last question for me, Matt. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, of course, we all know there's a, a some sort of quarterback shuffle shuffle uh, every year between teams. Of course, Russell Wilson's name will be brought up once again. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no matter what happens against uh, against Green Bay on Saturday, of course, you have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. There's some been some rumblings here and there over the last 24 hours or so that this may be Brady's last um, playoff run. I don't believe it personally, but we, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, uh, and there's talk about Baker Mayfield, and he may uh, have some uh, options of going to a different team next year. Uh, what uh, what do you see in terms of the quarterback carousel this coming off season? Well, you know, I think it always is fun to talk about, but then you kind of get into actually looking at it, and you're like, well, where are these guys going to go? And where, who are these teams going to replace these guys with? Now, Garoppolo, I think, will move. I think he'll move because right. they, they they traded everything in their mother for Trey Lance, right? Like you can't right. you can't do that. And I've heard people say, well, what about you know, the, the Packers did it with Jordan Love? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo is an Aaron Rodgers. So it's a little bit different. Um, I think he'll move. Because they also want to recoup some of that draft capital, right? If you, right. If you trade Garoppolo, you can. So I think he'll move. Um, and I think Washington makes sense there. I, you know, I, I think Denver is a team that, that makes sense. You know, Pittsburgh, they haven't needed a quarterback in forever. They need one now. So yeah. that's, that's one to watch. Mayfield. I get it. I understand the thought process behind it, but like, who's their quarterback then? Who's playing quarterback for Cleveland? Exactly. Right? Like, it's always like when people scream to fire the coach. It's like, well, that's great. Who's the uh, Who's the guy coming in? Because people say it can't be worse. Oh, it can be worse. It can always, <laughs> be worse, right? always, always, it can be worse. So I think Mayfield's back on his fifth year option. I think I think they'll roll him back into town. I think really the guys, you know, Wilson is somebody who I, I would not be surprised if he gets traded now. To who? It's hard to say. You know, that's where I can see the Giants, right? Like if Flores goes there, especially if Dable goes there, guys who are respected, guys who 
especially Flores has a track record of being a successful head coach. I could see, you know, look, everybody knows who's married, okay? Like, if your wife wants something, it's probably going to happen. And yeah. Russell Wilson, like, is married to Sierra. Like, if she she's an entertainer. She's got her own career. Her career matters. Like, is, does she want to go to Cleveland or New York? And let's be honest. <laughs> what it is. You know? And I'm sure he's going to go, okay, yeah, that sounds good. You know, like, so I think there's an opportunity for him to go there. You know, and then look, obviously the one is Deshaun Watson. You just don't know what the legal situation. You know, he's still got yeah. 22 civil suits against him. You don't know where that's going to go. It's irresponsible to speculate. Now, if if that's cleared, I think he gets traded. If it's not cleared, how how could you possibly trade him? I, I don't know that you could. So he's the wild card in this because of all the, the extenuated circumstances. Last question for me, Matt. Uh, the uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, watch, I don't know what's happening. People, you know, the words might and could, and you know, I'm getting annoyed by all this. <laughs> Do you think he is uh, coming back to the NFL or does he end up staying in Michigan? Because I'm, I'm over, I think he stays in Michigan, but what say you? I think money talks, and Michigan pays him a lot of it. Um, would I think the only place he'd go is the Raiders, and they're the Raiders willing to offer more money than Michigan. And this is a team that's coming off a situation where they just gave Gruden $100 million, didn't make the playoffs, and he resigned in disgrace. If you're the Raiders, you gotta have you gotta have some kind of uh of, of trying to think of the right word to say here. Um you gotta have some some fortitude and maybe maybe some recklessness to give a guy that kind of money. Look, Harbaugh was a great NFL coach. He also burnt out pretty quickly because he is so intense. You know, guys in college, they're gonna get him for three years. You're gonna have four years. Guys in the NFL, can he can can guys deal with him for seven, eight, ten years? It's a lot. I don't know. Um, my gut is that he stays at Michigan, but money money is going to be the deciding factor. And if the Raiders give him more than Michigan, I think you would take it. I think he'd leave. All right. That was Matt Veteran, uh, NFL insider from fansided.com. Matt, uh, you're, you're great as always. Very entertaining, very thoughtful when it comes to the getting us Europeans of the National Football League. Enjoy the, enjoy the games this weekend, my friend. And we'll definitely be reaching out to you as the NFL offseason. We know it's always fun and entertaining. So we're looking forward to talking to you uh, to you again then. Uh, so uh, great job today. Uh, enjoy the games and uh, uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Matt. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too, you Matt. Too. Stay safe. All right, that was Matt Verderam of Fansided.com. He's the NFL insider. He does. Uh, he's also the co-host of the Stacked in the Box podcast. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. Uh, let's see if our good buddy um, Christine Manica from KXRB Radio is ready for us as she joins us every week around this time to give. Uh, give us her thoughts on the NFL oh, and ready. other she's issues ready. from the round the world of sports. Christine, how are you, my friend? We're moving and grooving. We're just chugging along. It's been a it's been a crazy week, to say the least. <laughs> you heard. Uh, I know you came in at the tail end of the conversation yeah. about the about the uh, NFL. We'll get into our picks in our uh, following uh, uh, in our next half hour. But uh, give us your thoughts about uh, the the games last weekend. Uh, the we called it the not so hot wild card so super wild card weekend. <laughs> well, that's why I picked some of the underdogs because I thought you know with how the NFL has been the whole season pretty much that maybe there's going to be a team that just 
uppercuts them from the right, you know, but that unfortunately didn't happen. I, I know the, I feel bad for the Patriots. They kind of, you know, they blew it to say the least against the Bills when, when they knew what kind of team that they were facing against and they've defeated them before. That's another crazy part of it too. So yeah, I guess you never know. It could be an exciting week. It could be a very boring week. It's all, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's always weird when it comes to wildcard weekend. Like you said, it's so unpredictable. Now, what what games are what game are you looking forward to this weekend in the divisional round? Because they're all four of these games are going to be some really good ones. So which but which one do you do you have circled? Boy, I'm excited for that Rams and Buccaneers game. That's going to be a big game. It's going to show a lot about who Matthew Stafford is as a leader and as a quarterback. Because this is his first. Gosh, NFL divisional playoff round in God knows how long, you know, and it's in a Rams uniform. It's a new city. It's a new team. He was able to get Odell Beckham that extra money in his pocket. So we'll we'll see. Um, going back to uh, last weekend, Christine, of course, uh, the Cowboys in the 49ers contest yeah. was the highest rated game uh, in the wild card round in the last seven years. But I'll. I wanted to hear your thoughts about the craziness at the end of that game. We talk about this all the time, Lakina, Bill Belichick, or as we call uh-huh. him on the show, Bill Belichick, the head coach of the Patriots. Situational football, knowing the situation. If this comes up, what do you do? If that comes up, what do you do? Dak Prescott uh, trying to sneak, uh, sneak, uh, spike the ball. The referee has to touch it first. They didn't know that. The, the same damn thing happened toward the end of the first half. Uh, it, it bit him in the butt then and it bites him in the butt at the end of the game. I, I almost wonder who was actually calling those plays at the end because that's how crazy that game was. Was it, you know, was it McCarthy? Was it Moore? Maybe Dak was calling the shots from his mm-hmm. angle since he was on the field. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. I don't know why he even spiked the ball before the referee touched it. I don't know. I think in those types of situations when it's a position that you haven't been in in a while, it takes a while for maybe a veteran player like Dak Prescott to get that registered saying, oh, yeah, this is how you're supposed to do it, even in a playoff situation. And, oh, yeah, I should have done this instead of that. You know, it's just it's just the bigger stage, essentially. And some players fall under the pressure of that and they forget the simple basics. Real quick before we go to break, um, you know that 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 game, you know that game was really like surprise, really kind of surprise. I don't think it surprised anybody that the 49ers won that game, even though they tried to give that game away multiple times. Uh, that the, the game itself, I mean, that that last play, I think, really is sort of one of those you know follies, if you will, to, you know, in that you know in that rivalry again. Mm-hmm. They were actually all set up, and uh, if you looked at it, they were set up in hail mary mode. I think that was going to try to yeah. go for the end zone, so. We'll probably never know, but uh, you know, Mike McCarthy should have been should have been gone. I think he should have been yeah. gone. Like keep him. That yeah. was grounds for for being fired. I don't know. I don't know if it was Dak. I don't know if like I said. I don't know if it was you know, you know OC Moore that made the decision. But that 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 that's sort of like the thing that get a coach fired. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, they haven't said anything yet since the game Dallas. So so who knows what they're thinking right now. I know that uh, what our big bosses are, are thinking, we had to take this two and two break as we hit yeah. the bottom of the hour. You listen to a, to a hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine with you. When we return, Christine will have 
her uh, divisional playoff round picks, and we have a couple of subjects we'd like to uh, discuss with her as oh, well boy. as we wrap up to, to wrap up today's show. Yeah, oh boy, it's the word. Uh, you guys will know what we're talking about when we return. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine here with you. This is our last segment of the show for this week, last segment of the show for today. As we get you ready for NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend, Lakina, uh, we'll ask, we usually ask you at this time what our records are, but uh, we this we call it the, the preseason, Christina. Uh, the records I've kept, uh, this doesn't really count, but your boy went 4 0 last weekend. But I, that's mean, like, I already know I lost, so you that, don't even have to go over it. Right. So, yeah. like, this is preseason, it's cat, but it doesn't count if you know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. let's, let's get to the, these weekend's games. Uh, tomorrow, which is Saturday, first game up at 3 30 p.m. on CBS, it's the Tennessee Titans hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, the Titans had a bye last week. Cincinnati, they held on to win against the Las Vegas Raiders 26-19, their first playoff win since January of 1991. Lakina, let's start with you. Who do you have uh, winning this matchup? Well, this is the only game where there's no, like, you know, they didn't meet in the regular season, so I think that helps a little bit, too. Um, it'll be interesting if Derek, Derek Henry will be able to go. You know, he hasn't played in, like like like, two months, so... It's going to be interesting to see if he does get the go-ahead. 
I, I feel like that's going to be the key. Also, the key for me is going to be can you know the like I said we on our interview with Matt. Can the Bengals keep Joe Burrow upright? That's going to be the key. Yes, the Titans, you know, their defense, you know, not a lot of, you know, names, but they are very opportunistic. So you got to think they're going to be very aggressive. And I feel like they have a chip on their shoulder, too, because they feel, you know, like they were kind of back into the number one seat. So <laughs> if, look, if, if A.J. Brown can step up, if, you know, if their defense can step up, it'll be a close one, but I'm picking the Titans. Christine? Yeah, you know, it's great that Derrick Henry is back, but the question is with him, is he going to be the same Derrick Henry we saw at the beginning of the season? Is this still going to be the same player that gets so fired up and just races down that field? We don't know yet. Now, Joe Burrow and his crew, they were just on fire last week, but their downfall is going to be not if they can hold him up, but it's going to be the injuries that they already have. So it will be a close game. But I, uh, gosh, Tennessee, they were right in it last year. I think that's going to be the case on Sunday, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals pulled this one out, but I'm picking Tennessee. I hate doing that because I love my Bengals. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> here's what's going to come Bengals? <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Uh... For me, for the Bengals, it's going to come down to running the football. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon didn't have the yardage last week because uh, rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase had a great game from the wide receiver spot. And this uh, Bengals defense is very underrated. I think the two keys for me for Cincinnati, can you get Joe Mixon to run the ball with some consistency? And that's going to help take the pressure off of Joe Burrow. And on the flip side uh, for the Cincinnati defense, can you force Ryan Tannehill to throw to become an exclusive thrower? Because even though Tennessee every once in a while can put up 30-plus points, you know that's not their game. Their game is running the football. And the question for me for Tennessee is, even though Derrick Henry is starting, how many carries are you going to give him? Because he hasn't played in almost two mm-hmm. months. Right. And so that's the, that's the question for Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be a close game. Tennessee is favored by three and a half. I'm going to step out on the limb, put him on a table. The Cincinnati Bengals, as Christine is afraid to say, but I'll say it for her, the Cincinnati Bengals will pull off the upset on the road and they'll play in the AFC t- Championship game. Can I change my vote? I want to go back to my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, look, it'll be, it's up to you. I mean, if you, if you want to do it, then hey. You know, uh, God, nope, nope. Stick with my gut. I did this in school too. I got to stick with my first answer. Go with it. <laughs> Our, okay, now this is going to be a rematch for week three, uh, the you know, the 49ers and the Packers. Of course, you know, in that week three match with the Packers, edged out the 49ers 30-28. to 28. Uh, It looks like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa will play. So I, I guess, you know, I know uh, Kyle Shanahan's keeping that very close to the vest. Uh, Sid, you start this one because there's a lot of rich history between these two teams, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, so now I'll definitely be watching the game from 1998 before I watch this game tomorrow night. Uh-huh. Remember that when Jerry Rice fumbled, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't called a fumble, and that changed a lot of careers for a whole lot of people. The late Reggie White may may so rest in peace, but I think that was his last game in the Green Bay uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, what was his head coach? Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren. He he left for Seattle. And uh, you saw what he did with that franchise, taking them to the Super Bowl back in 05 before they got blasted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But enough of yesteryear. Let's focus on today. The 49ers, we know we talked about what they did at Dallas last week. We know what their game plan is. Run the football, run the football, play strong defense. They did that last week, even though they almost gave their game away. 
it's going to come down to can they stay disciplined and not take any dumb penalties, especially on defense against Aaron Rodgers. We all know that Aaron Rodgers is the best QB in terms of for um, in terms of making defenders jump off sides. He can still do that. And also another key is can they the 49ers can they continue to run the football, especially with Elijah Mitchell? And how much will they use Debo Samuel? He's going to be the uh, the key out of that wide receiver position. How much are they going to use him? on uh, wide receiver reverses and screens and things along that line. Uh, that's going to be another key for that San Francisco offense. Now, for the Packers, can they run the ball with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? And will they use their tight ends uh, uh, on offense? So that, that's going to be my keys for Green Bay. I think it's going to be another close one. The Packers are favored by five and a half. San Francisco is definitely going to keep this close because of their defense, and they definitely got to get home to Aaron Rodgers at least two times. And so I'm going with the 49ers in an upset. You can take it for what it's worth. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick the Packers on this one just because I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove. You know, he's dealt with a lot of off the field drama this year when it comes to, you know, the COVID vaccine and then Habarkish saying he doesn't deserve the MVP award. Well, now I think Rodgers is going to work that much harder just to basically shove it in Hub Arkish's face saying that, yeah, <laughs> I'm meant to be the MVP and this is how I'm going to do it. So I think he's going to he's gonna pull off a big game just because, especially since he had the, the bye week for the first round and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers kept it close and eventually end up winning it. Um, who knows if this is the last time uh, the 49ers play this season. This could be the last time we see Garoppolo in a 49ers uniform. That's up in the air. So it, it really all depends on who's who wants him more, who wants the MVP, or who wants to stay a 49er, really. So because of, I think, Rodgers has more riding on this win than the 49ers do, I'm going to pick the Packers. And we all know what he can do anyway with, with his throws. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, they're going to <laughs> Exactly. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Robert Bakhtari is, you know, is supposed to be coming back. And it looks like the Zaria Smith looks like he's going to be back, too. So, and we'll see how the 49ers use Debo Samuel. I think that's going to be the key here. And look, it's going to be very close. It could come down to one of those crazy plays like it usually is when these two teams play each other. Excuse me. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pick the, I want to save the child. I'm going to pick the Packers because I feel like mm -hmm. they're coming off a bye. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove. And, and you know what? I just think that this, it, this is probably their bet, but his, one of his last chances to probably get a chance to yeah. win, you know, get to the Super Bowl and such. All right. No, go ahead, Sid. Sorry. Yeah, though, <laughs> let's let's go to Sunday's action now. The first game up will be at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch this game on NBC. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, after blowing out the Arizona Cardinals last Monday night in the first ever wild card game on a Monday, they'll travel to Tampa Bay to face the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half. There's injuries all over that offensive line for Tampa Bay. The Rams are coming in with confidence. Uh, they have Matthew Stafford, who achieved his first ever career playoff victory. Uh, uh, will Matthew Stafford uh, go back to his old ways or will uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady find a way to pull off of this one? Because Tampa Bay last week, they really didn't need him, even though he had a good game because they faced a, a young, uh, uh, inexperienced Philadelphia team. Christine, I start with you. 
oh, who do you have winning this matchup? You know, you took the words out of my mouth there for last week's game with the Buccaneers. That was kind of – that was an easy win for them. You know, that, mm -hmm. that made it seem like it was just a regular – a regular season game. You can say the same things about the Rams too. I don't think they expected to win as much as they did given, you know, Kyler Murray and, and how strong the Cardinals were, especially at the beginning of the season. I don't think anybody could have expected that the Rams knocked them out this way. So the fact that both of these teams are, are coming together after pretty easy wins, it's going to be interesting. Tom Brady you know, he's been in this situation before. That's no secret. He knows how to hone a team in. He knows how to handle the pressure for everybody. And it, he just knows how playoff situations work. Then you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford coming in. You have a lot of great ve veterans on, on that side. But with a quarterback situation, this is his first time in a playoff game, in a real game. So is he going to be like Dak Prescott and lose some of those the basics pretty much during this high intensity game. It's the same field, same stadium for now. We don't know where they're going to be. Um, <laughs> so if for the most part, um, it, it just depends on what the mindset Matthew Stafford's going to have. And I think maybe because it, it is a lot of pressure, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I know they've had a lot of injuries, especially on the offensive line, but I don't think it's nothing that Tom Brady can't handle. Yeah. Also, to uh, Lindsey Theory, who is uh, who covers the uh, the Rams for ESPN, she uh, some big news here. Uh, you know, Sean McVay said that left, left tackle Andrew Whitworth and also Taylor Rapp, who is a safety, will be out. So, hmm. you know, that's a bit. You know, yeah, Whitworth being out, that's a big loss for that Rams O line. So definitely kind of an even sent here. But even with that said, I know we you know, we talked about that matchup earlier, that week three matchup where the Rams pretty much dominated the Bucks. for me gosh I mean this is gonna get you know very interesting because I, I feel like this could go either way you know what I'll I'll step out I'll pick the Rams because I because I, I feel like the Rams are you know like if they're kind of like when they're a win now mode the Bucks. I just think they have too many injuries yeah it looks like it looks like Jansen and uh Worf's will be able to play but that's definitely going to be the key but I I, I feel like you know the defensive, you know the, the defensive front, you know for the Bucks are a little bit better than the offense, you know the defensive front from the from the Bucks, and they've got some good players too. But I think for defensive wise, that's why I'm picking. I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking the upset. Upset. And let me join you in that uh, boat, Lakeen. I'm picking the Rams oh my as well. Lord. Oh, calm down, Christine. <laughs> but uh, come on, guys. Even uh, even if those two uh, offensive linemen return, which I expect. Uh, Lakina, uh, how healthy they're going to be, and with the uh, with the uh, Aaron, uh, as I said, Aaron Aaron Donald, he's the man child of uh, the defensive lineman for the Rams. Uh, how how will will did Tampa Bay double team him? How much will they double team him? And this is the uh, where Lena Ford, the former Chicago Bear, would come in. Their outside linebacker from the Rams. Mm -hmm. I, I think that they could put some pressure on Tom Brady. Let's be honest here; they're not the same team as they were a year ago. They're not as healthy as they were a, a year ago. And Tampa Bay got away with this last year, not running the ball with some consistency. Consistency. I don't think they can get away with it this year. It's going to be close. It's going to get ugly. Like, you know, I don't think it's going to be ugly like night, your 1980s football edition will. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, who's going to make the big play and on the offensive side for the Rams? 
can they run the football with some consistency? They were able to do that a little bit because the score was so big. And so Matthew Stafford didn't have to have all the pressure in the world. But even though Tampa Bay's defense is not as good as it was last year, it's still pretty good. It's definitely better than Arizona. So yeah. mm -hmm. uh, I'm going with the Rams, but uh, they got to keep the ball out of Staff uh, Matthew Stafford's hand. They got to treat him like Jimmy Garoppolo. Can you make that one big play when you need to? That's going to be the interesting part mm -hmm. there. Now, the last, but certainly not least, a rematch, a rematch from the Week Five matchup. You know, the Bills against the Chiefs. The Bills, um, you know, they kind of dominated the Chiefs in that Week Five matchup. This is sort of around the time when we thought that was there something wrong with the Chiefs. Now they've had a lot of defensive guys since then. You know, they've developed into a pretty formidable defense. <laughs> and as um, as you know, our buddy Matt said earlier, no one has beaten. Um, the Chiefs at Arrowhead twice, so they're you know the Bills are hoping that you know they'll be the first to do it. So, Christine, I'll start with you. Where do you see this matchup? You know, with the Chiefs, it's kind of like the Rams and Buccaneers situation. They're coming off of an easy win, pretty much, it, and that's was kind of predictable after Big Ben said, "Yeah, we have no chance." I don't even know why we're playing in this game. <laughs> so, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs enter into this game, knowing that the Bills have beat them before. I think the Bills are actually predicted to upset the Chiefs in some way. I, I, can you confirm that, Sid? What's the over and under on that? Uh, Kansas City's favorite by a point and a half, so it's basically you had to pick them. Basically, you had to pick them. Okay, so if you're betting, don't don't bet this one. But for passing mm. yards this postseason, you have Mahomes with 404 yards, and you have Josh Allen, who's not too far behind him with the 308 yards. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, the Chiefs, they were on fire last week, especially with Travis Kelsey. He had a big game, not only getting a touchdown, but throwing a touchdown. So that was, that was kind of cool to see, too. And, you know, his story with his mom seeing his brother play and the Chiefs play, that was also fun, too, to see. And her, his mom getting in on the press conference. You know, that, that, that's what the game's all about, really. But if we're talking about potential here, I think it's the Bills' time. You, you know, I think this is their chance to really – break however long this curse is for them. I, I think they're in the right mindset. I think they're ready. They came off of that big win after that um, Patriots game, which they easily could have lost that too. But in the end, it depends on who really shows up. Are you going to get the good Bills? Are you going to get the good Chiefs? Are you going to get the really bad Bills or the really bad Chiefs? The what we were talking about when they were playing each other during the regular season. But... I think because the Bills, out of anyone, had an actual game that they played, um, I'm going to go with the Bills just because they they really could have lost that game last week, and they didn't. So, yeah, the Bills. Lakina? Oh, oh, you want me to go next? Uh, yeah, I'll pick the – No, I thought you were going to go you're fine. Oh, okay. Well, no, you know what, though? I think that this game is going to get very – this could be one of those, you know, pick and I and I – uh, with everyone else, if you're going to bet this game, I would advise you not to because it's gonna definitely going to be a tough I'll wait till the last minute. Yeah, yeah, literally wait till the last minute. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I feel, you know what? You know what? I'll I'll pick the Bills. I mean, I think they feel like last year, especially also the AFC Championship game, they had their chances to kind of get into the rhythm. They couldn't. So I think that they remember that game. And, look, I'm still not sold on the Chiefs. I'm sorry I'm not. And, look, I know their defense has gotten better. Um, did one of their, their defense guys, Willie, Willie Gay, did he get arrested uh, yesterday? I mean, really? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, what, what are you doing? Uh, DUI, I think. So, yeah. Oh dude, my god. Dude, what are What are you doing? So, and, you know, I, I think the Bills are on a mission. I know that defense is on a mission. I know Josh Allen is as well. He actually knows he has a running back now. He can give the ball yeah. to Devin Singletary. Yay! <laughs> so, I think he's going to utilize that. Also, to keeping Mahomes and and uh, Chiefs offense off the field, I think that's going to be the key. So, yeah. I'm going to pick the Bills. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth, Lakina. I think you just gave the game plan away. Hopefully, uh, Sean McDermott or someone's affiliated with him is listening to this. <laughs> uh, as I said throughout the season, Lakina, if Josh Allen, your quarterback, is your leading rusher, you're not going to win, especially mm-hmm. against this Chiefs team. A couple of keys for me for Buffalo. Can you stop Kansas City on third down? In or fourth down, should Kansas City go for? Because that didn't happen last year in the AFC Championship game, and Kansas City did what they did from the second quarter on in last year's title game after that first quarter turnover on special teams. Number two, Devin Singletary and whoever else wants to play running back outside of Josh Allen, can you run the ball with some consistency? And they'll keep their Chiefs defense honest. But Kansas City, we talked about this with our Matt Veteran, our guest in our last segment, Lakina. Can Kansas City's running game get back on track? You didn't you didn't need it as much against Pittsburgh last week because of, of Pittsburgh stinks. But can you run some can you commit to running the ball? But they want to win the game with Patrick Mahomes. And so that's mm-hmm. what's going to come down to. I'm going to pick Kansas City as an expert pick. But as a fan, I'm cheering hard as hell for Buffalo, even though yours truly did pick Kansas City and win the Super Bowl this year. Boy. Yes, you did. You did. If you go back to listen to that earlier this year. And those are your divisional round picks for the NFL playoffs, the second season sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown and KXRB's Christine Manica. Manica, I'm Lakina McGee, wrapping things up here. We still got a few minutes left here. Christine, I want to get your thoughts on the Bears. Uh, GM and coaching search. Uh, there was no really no updates. You know they're they're still talking to people. And uh, did they talk to you yet, Lakina? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm actually, I was actually I was I think I think all from them. Yeah, about to have to talk to you, Christine. Cause I got I got a text from uh, from them <laughs> earlier this I'm week. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your but, thoughts on all this? Because you know they're, they're, they seem to be talking to pretty much everybody. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, before that, I, I got to give my condolences out to Les Grofstein. You, you know, yeah. what a mm-hmm. what a sad loss there. Um, my mom, she listens to the score pretty much all night, especially when she's doing, you know, like um, uh, schoolwork and stuff like that because she's a teacher. And uh, Les Grofstein was, was there with her throughout, you know, her late nights and stuff like that. So she... She took that loss pretty hard. I like Les Grobstein too, listening to him late at night. So it, it's definitely sad. And, and another one gone, another great one gone in, in the sports industry here in Chicago. So my thoughts go out to his family, you know, over at the score there, because that's a that's a radio family right there. And, and the Bears, because, you know, the Bears worked with him a lot too. So uh, again, really, really sad stuff there. But back to the GM and, and um, the coach situation I think no news is good news at this point I'm just waiting for them to have a person that they want for a manager before they want hire a coach because in my opinion in my point of view call me crazy I think that the general manager should be hired first and then everybody works together to find out the coaching that the, makes too much sense, Christine. They don't operate that way. Too much sense. Um, but it, it's just 
Do I like some of the candidates that they've been interviewing? Absolutely. Do I, do I think some of them are past their time or not exactly a right fit for the team? Absolutely. I, I really still think that Jeff Ireland could be the guy for the GM position. I heard, who was it that dropped out? The Colts guy. The Colts, the, the Colts guy that interviewed with the Bears, he already dropped his name out of contention for, for the position. So I don't know what that means, but maybe it means the, the Bears were giving him the hint that they were going to go in another direction or, or whatnot. But I think the first step is hire the general manager. I know that they're doing these whole GM and coaching a joint interview type thing, which is fine. But if you're trying to look to see if these two would be a great fit, you're wasting your time because if they don't end up getting along, you guys are going to look stupid. The birds are going to look stupid essentially. So that's my thought about it. Go with the GM first, hire the GM, wait for the coaching staff later. Yeah. That's As I said yeah. before, Lakina, that makes to look, makes too much sense, <laughs> but yeah. too much sense. Yeah. I mean, but, Matt, yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt Eberflus, you know, you know, same with the Colts. I mean, you know, his name has been floated around. He got a second interview. There have been a couple of other guys that are scheduled to have a second interview. Dennis Allen, apparently, you know, he's going to get an interview next yeah. week. So, you know, there, there are just so many names on both the GM and the coaching front. I'm just worried about the fact that the guy that's probably going to end up that hasn't been around the game. Look, I love Bill Polian. You know, he's a great Hall of Famer. I saw that. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid that he's probably getting most of like the uh, the Cretans here, and I'm a little worried that he's going to be the guy that's going to make the right this going to be the I ultimate decision. Yeah. So that's what that's kind of what worries me. But Sid, what's exactly saying? Exactly what I said. Past your prime. That they're way because the NFL has changed so much yeah. within the last three years in itself. It's not the same game when you were talking about how is it possible that Jim Hartwell can be back in the NFL? Money does talk. But if he gets put back in that situation, can he keep up with what has changed since he left the NFL? College Thank ball you. and the NFL, way different, like way different ball games right there. And he made a he made another good point too, saying, can the players stand him for seven seasons, eight seasons, whatever the case is? Uh, a couple of quick things on the Bears search. Uh, remember, the story came out of the last 24 to 48 hours that Bill Polian told uh, the Bears brass to fire Ryan Pace. Remember, we talked about this uh, leading up to the regular season finale at Minnesota that uh, those report that Ryan Pace was going to stay. Matt Nagy was going to be the only one that right. paid the price. But, of course, both of those guys are now gone. Right. But I would like to see the GM in the, in the head coach uh, in, in a joint press conference hired on the same day. That makes a lot of sense too, but yeah, you're talking about the Bears, so I, I, I <laughs> I'm waiting for them to fall flat on their face. I, I'm not supposed, I know I'm not supposed to say that because I'm a fan, but being on this side of the mic, you see things differently than when you are yeah, a fan. You do, and plus, you know, same with the whole, you know, rumors going around with is Nagy staying, is Nagy going, is Pace staying, is he getting a raise? I think because there was so much, and I don't know why it was with with these two. But there was just so much media attention around mm -hmm. Pace and Nagy about are they staying, are they going? And I've never seen anything like it where the media is just, you know, saying, oh, this could happen or this can happen. I'm, I can say that because I'm part of the media. But it's like, <laughs> why the interest so quickly about are they staying or are they going? Why, why putting that out there? So I think it was possible that Pace could have been promoted in some extent. Because I remember it was uh, George McCaskey that said last season when they were going to give Nagy one more chance, 
they said, oh, Pace could be around here for a little bit still, but we're going to give Nagy another chance. So I think because of all the pressure surrounding the rumors and stuff like that, I think the Bears kind of had no choice, especially the McCaskies had no choice to just say like, okay, we're going to put our hands up with this. There's been too many rumors circling around these two. They're both gone and we'll make everybody happy. And that's going to be the key here, I feel like. So uh, real quick, I know we're going up against it, you know, wrapping things up here. What's on your mind this uh, this week, you know, in sports, you know, whether it's the Bulls, you know, um, you know, Alexander Ovechkin is somehow leading the uh, NHL in scoring, you know, at 36. I mean, that that's that's crazy. That's that's crazy to me. And also to Edmonton struggling with all their stars. You know, what, what what's kind of, you know. What are the guys looking are looking out for this weekend? Besides, besides the divisional round games, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll throw, throw that curveball at you. You know, um, as you were bringing up the Bulls, I think of Alonzo Ball, the poor guy. You know, out six mm-hmm. to eight weeks, whatever, and we hope for a speedy recovery for that. Um, but I I think because you know the Bulls have been used to having star players down and out before Kobe White, for example, they're going to be able to adjust to the situation. So if Bulls fans are nervous right now, I wouldn't be totally nervous. They have gone through a lot this year and they're at the top. So I, I wouldn't worry too much. I think, you, you know, Billy Dobbin, he knows what he's doing. So I, mm-hmm. I would keep the trust in the coaching staff for this one for sure. And yeah, hockey's getting exciting again for the Blackhawks. That's awesome to see considering all they've been through this season too. So it's just, it's a great weekend for sports here, I think. A couple of quick things as Lakina said before we call it quits. Uh, a shout out to Adam Johns and Kevin Fishbane. Both of them covered the yeah. Chicago Bears for the Athletic. They had a great article mm-hmm. this week uh, yes. talking about the Matt Nagy era. Uh, let me just say this. The only thing that came out to me, that stuck out to me in that article, is Matt Nagy. Uh, you can call it the case of mistaken identity. He tried to be the this generation's Mike Dicka, um, uh, making Trubisky look way worse than what he was. Uh, we all knew Trubisky had his issues, but yeah, he wasn't really mm-hmm. the only problem. Matt Nagy, you were the problem. For those of you who no. don't know what I'm talking about, read the article from The Athletic from early this week. That's all I had to say about that. So Matt Nagy, uh, a tale of uh, two, perhaps three types of people. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. <laughs> three. Uh, I agree. I've always said that Mitch wasn't the problem. It's it's how he's being coached right now. So Mitch, Mitch honestly could have been the guy for the Bears, but they messed him up. So what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, should the Bills upset the Chiefs? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who's currently the backup with Buffalo, uh, he could be headed to the AFC title game, and he'll yeah. give Matt Nagy and everybody else the finger, if you know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> and I also heard he could be with the Browns next year. That would be a good fit, I feel like. That's another rumor circling, you know, yeah. if they don't get Baker. Yeah, that that's good. It's definitely going to be interesting, you know. You know what happens there, but yeah, I mean, I think there was some truth to, like, maybe, you know, he did, you know, Nagy did stand, stand him up, but because he wasn't his guy from the get from the word jump, but right. even though he knew that he had to coach him when he was hired here, right? So yeah, I, no. I can't give Matt Nagy out on that one. He yeah. knew he well, had to yeah. coach Trubisky when he was hired here. That's yeah. that's fair, but uh, let's cross so you. You're bringing him up, Christine. Uh, yeah. Another great article by uh, John Greaver. We got to try to get him on uh, from the Athletic. He mm-hmm. actually put down the odds of who he, who he thinks should replace him. You know, some mm-hmm. names are being thrown around. Of course, you know our buddy Mark Grody. Also to uh, Herb Lawrence, you know, Herb's already said that he Herbie, doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he already said on Twitter that he doesn't want to do it, so he has a hard no time producing. No, I think he likes his vibe with Lawrence at the yes. moment. But yes. oh, but that would be great. Oh man, I love Herbie. Herbie's great. Um, yeah. but that's a big position to fill. You, you know, you're talking a legendary guy in the Chicago sports media. That that's going to be a tough position to fill. I would hope that the score would at least you know, wait a couple months to fill that position. I know that's terrible for programming and for a program director, that's terrible, but it's like, it, it's such a big loss and it's so unexpected too. So it, you got to feel for them at this point. Yeah. Also too, I know I saw that article too, Lakina, shout out to our guys, Damon Spro and Kenneth Davis, yeah. i.e. the Dean Davis show. They filled in a couple of times uh, uh, the last couple of years, last year and a half uh, for Alessa's show. I know that, uh, I know some people, including uh, yours truly, uh, want to see them uh, succeed if they get, if they can get that gig. So, yeah. um, uh, program director six seven is going who, who I happened to meet a couple of times. Mitch Rose, he's a very yeah. good guy. Uh, he has a tough job, a challenging job, but like you said, Christine, he's going to take his time and yeah. to do this because yeah, most stations, most most stations around the country on weeknights, whether it's an ESPN uh, ESPN radio station or Fox Sports Radio or CBS Sports Radio, most of these big markets overnight days pull the switch keep and that, go yeah, to a national really program in Chicago. Yeah. With the, well, not 1,000, but 670 score, they go local overnight. So uh, yeah. it looks like they're going to keep it that way. It's just uh, Mitch Rosen is going to uh, have uh, it's a challenging time, it obviously, is. because the death just happened. But I think he'll make the right decision, wherever it is, to take over overnights, uh, weeknights yeah. on the score. And that's a tough position, too, because you think, you know, oh, my yeah. schedule getting up at early mornings is tough. Just like yeah. working until five o'clock in the morning. That's a that's a tough yeah. shift. When I, I first know. started in this business real quick, when I first started in this business, I worked at a religious station overnight, midnight to six. Mm -hmm. Some people say you know, uh, working overnights and early mornings would take years off your life. That is so true. Yeah. And you wanted to be entertained right. and because you, you starting your day or you just wrapping up your day. Shout out to all my third shifters that John the Hood would say. Because, uh, so, uh, you, you, you know, you, you listen to sports radio yeah. to get away from your every, everyday yeah. life and things of that nature. And so for overnight, you, you want to keep it fun, keep it affordable, but keep it fun as well. Right. So you're trying to uh, attain an audience. I don't know how I don't know how Leslie able to do it. He did it for like twelve years. I don't know. Like that's that mm -hmm. you have to think about the scheduling too. I mean, you know, the schedule, you know, bed, you know, eating and stuff like that. I I don't know how he would able to do it. All. Yeah, he remember he he it was many nights he would cover uh, uh during this time. This is which is the winter time now. He would cover a Blackhawks game or a Bulls game. Then right. then now you know those games, Lakina. Um, yes. they will wrap up at ten o'clock, ten thirty at night. He had to get to the studio by it's midnight. Yes. Yeah. And so and, and some of those nights when they didn't have. Of uh, the score at that time, I know they had the White Sox for a while. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but if they didn't have a White Sox game or, or a Cubs game, which that's the flagship station now for the for the Cubs right. radio, yeah. uh, they didn't have a game. Then he'll start at ten o'clock, go all the way up to five. It, yeah. it was definitely be, not. It, it's not just because great Les had great sports knowledge of Chicago sports, but it was definitely the calls that uh, that kept that uh, those uh, long longer shows going. Because I don't yeah. know how you do it for seven hours, like, you know, We do it for two hours. But for uh, twice a week, <laughs> I don't know how Les did it for six, seven hours. I, but 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 big ups to him. I know. He'll it's definitely crazy. be missed. Mm -hmm. It's 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 crazy. But uh, yeah, look, but like you said, I like you guys said. I think I think Mitch <laughs> Mitch will wait a, a few months, you know, to find the right person. You know, does he do a two or three person, you know, thing, you know, 
booth. I mean, that might be the best way to go at this point. But mm-hmm. like, I'm not, look, he's a he's been a pre, he's a PD and not me, so that's just that's the direction yeah. I would go. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, and with that said, you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore KXRB. All right. Sure- no, go ahead. Go ahead, Sid. Sorry. <laughs> uh, make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you follow the the uh, the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, by subscribing to War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media on all social media platforms at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, and make sure you tune into Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here, live in the living color on Sports Hill Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say, Christine. Make sure you listen to Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And shout out to Matt Verderam from Fansided.com. He's the NFL insider. Uh, he was gracious enough with the time to join us today to give us uh, his uh, picks for an NFL division, uh, division of playoff weekend. Thank you, Matt. Absolutely. You know, make sure you know check him out on his podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast. Stack the box. Yep. So it's a great podcast with our another good, real good buddy, uh, Mark Carmen. We got to try to get him on. Also, too, uh, his name has also been brought up, and perhaps maybe a replacement. I know he he's an IL too. I'm sure he probably would love to do it, but we'll see uh, what happens there. But for Sid and Christine, I know the weather's getting a little crazy out there in the in the east. So just stay safe out there. If you're not gonna get vaccinated, wash your hands. Just just be good to each other. I'm the Keenan McGee. This is Jack Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you next week. Doppels, holla!